Do you like the show and you want to help support us? Do you want extra episodes every month? Do you want ad-free versions of the show? Then you should sign up over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro, and you'll get your very own RSS feed to put into whatever your podcatcher of choice is, and you'll be first in line for all extra content. So head on over and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. We are back for another edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. So how has your week been? Uh, not too bad. It's been uh, it's been relatively chill. Uh, this is my it's my first full week of not being with the Blue Wahoos anymore. So had a had a couple of chill days. Uh, funny enough, today I actually I, I didn't sit down and like dedicate my full attention to them, but I watched through because I was up early this morning. I watched through the first three original Batman movies, oh, nice. the two Michael Keaton ones plus Batman Forever. We're not going to talk about the one that happened after that, <laughs> but um, Batman Forever, I think, is a little underrated. Dude, I love that. I'm movie. not going to lie. I don't care it, what anybody says about it. That's a good movie. Well, it's the first Batman movie that like I have really vivid memory of watching. Like I remember watching the Tim Burton Batmans as a kid, but I didn't really grow up with those because I was only like three years old when the original came out. Yeah. But Batman forever was 95. So I was nine years old. So I had, you know, like Jim Carrey as the Riddler when he was untouchable Yeah. at that time. Like to me, it was the perfect balance of the campiness and the seriousness. Yeah. And a great soundtrack, too. If you don't oh like that God, soundtrack, yeah. something is wrong with you. So something that I did on my last day with the Wahoos, I've been making this like a tradition of mine after like 2017 or 2018. After every game, like we have a playlist of, you know, like songs will play if the Wahoos win, songs who play if they lose. I would always make it a point regardless before we shut everything down for the night. I would play seals kiss from a rose. <laughs> it got to the point where our groundskeeper actually asked like, Hey, why do you play that seal song after he said, why not? It's yeah, a great why song. Not? It's freaking awesome. So whenever I left on Friday, after I packed everything up, walked over to the sound computer, played it through <laughs> the stadium one last time and walked out. Hell yeah. It's such a good song. I know. Worst music video of all time. But, yeah. Because <laughs> it's literally him singing in front of the bat signal with yeah. footage from the movie spliced in. But still, when that you know when that movie was fresh, it was like, oh, this video is great. The movie's great. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Now yeah. it's like, it's kind of cringeworthy, but the song's still good. Yeah. But no, Batman Forever's a good movie. But oh, that yeah. that's been about that's been about the highlight of my league. What about you? Um, I've been getting picked on <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> so we had a discussion when we were recording the uh, the Ghost, Ghostbusters roundtable for the Derek Diamond experience. How, why is it that Derek could literally come on this show and say, I tithe 10% of my salary to Nintendo every year or every month. 
and nobody would say anything. It would just be totally fine. Me, I say one thing. Like, man, I wish Nintendo would, you know, put some more NES games out. And I get dogpiled on Twitter. <laughs> like, what is happening? Why? <laughs> if someone asked me about tithing in part of my salary to Nintendo, I would just simply say, I'm just here so I won't get fined. All right. <laughs> but it it is interesting. And yeah, I, I brought that up because it got to the point where I actually hit the record button early because I'm like, this shit's too good to not record. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll throw it in as like a post credit or, or I can send you the audio and we can put it on, you know, at the, maybe the end of episode 250. And even when Just Wally it, claims that some of that his tweet wasn't aimed at me, it was aimed squarely at me. About. But the rest of the discussion became about <laughs> you getting crapped on. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get why it, I get dumped on all the time. Because I was the one who brought it up. Like I, I've, <laughs> It's been in the back of my mind for a while. And then you know, Wally brought that up before we started recording Ghostbusters. And I'm like, well, let, let me just ask the, the panelists while we're here. Why is it that like I pretty much agree with all your viewpoints? Yet, you never get anything. Yeah. Everybody no, I've, completely respects you. I'm just the idiot clown everybody likes to dunk on every time I get a prediction wrong or <laughs> or something. But now that I say that, then the hate will come my way. And well, I doubt it. Everybody <laughs> loves you. You're you're the you're the favorite. Nah. <laughs> eh, I don't know about that, but no matter but it, what it I is say, interesting though. No matter what I say, I'm going to get get hate <laughs> i'm gonna post on twitter nintendo is going to release a new earthbound by the end of the year and see what happens and people will be like yeah i could see that yeah it's a good call there <laughs> <laughs> no i seriously doubt that but it, it is interesting though i i just I, I think if people didn't care they wouldn't pick on you they do it out of probably. love. Yeah, probably. Because, I don't know, I'm an easy target. So Because I say stupid things and make dumb predictions. But no, that's At least my you make thing. predictions. You have, you have an opinion, though. That's my thing. That's the important I've, thing. Like, I don't know why it surprises anybody by now. We're at 250 episodes, and I've been right, like, once. about. It. <laughs> I can't even remember what it was. But I'm pretty sure I was right about at least one thing. But they keep coming back to listen. Yeah, they keep coming back. To, you're the ones that are listening. You're the ones that are, you know, getting us the the advertising dollars. So thank exactly. you. Exactly. So there we go. <laughs> uh, but we, uh, I haven't really done anything else this week. Not much. Just played some Metroid Dread. Got frustrated. Uh, uh, got a cramp in my thumb. Stopped playing. So I'm giving it a rest for a few days. So I, I'm not sure <laughs> when I'm going to yeah. jump back in. Uh, one other thing I forgot to mention, uh, last night I actually recorded a really fun discussion with the guys over at the Fantastic People podcast. I saw that. Uh, I, I discussed uh, the Zelda series. Awesome. When does so that how I was? Uh, it'll be in December because uh, okay. it's also going to be a tie-in to promote my new show. But it was really fun to kind of, you know, go back into into my mind and remember like the first time I ever played Zelda and they, they asked really good questions about not so much the series itself, but why you enjoy like it could be Zelda. It could be anything. Yeah. They have a really it's, good show. If you haven't listened to it, go check out fantastic people podcast. It's awesome. 
Yep. So I'll be um, I'll be appearing on that show. The ep- the episode will drop sometime in December, and then uh, I don't know what the discussion is going to be yet, but they're going to come on feature presentation in January for a discussion on a topic to be determined. Yeah, Reagan and um, Reagan Bell, one of the the hosts over there at Fantastic People, and Mike Evelyn from B-Res Coffee are going to be on this show sometime in December. I got to get with those guys and find out what Wednesday night they're free in December because uh, we're going to do a roundtable slash review of Knights of the Old Republic for the one that used that was on the Xbox, the original Xbox, but I'm going to download the, um, the, they're reissuing it on the switch here. Uh, what's today? The 10th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually it comes out tomorrow on the switch. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to play that game again. It's been a long, long time since I played some KOTOR. Both those games are really good. Yeah, I have part two on Steam, and it's been a while since I've played it, but I, I really want to get back and play the original. That, so that's going to be fun to go back and play that. Yeah, for sure. But uh, we got some news to get to. You ready to do that? Let's do it. Of course, all of today's stories were submitted by you, the listener. Today's stories were submitted by Armez Jackson and I am the Rampage. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. This first one comes from, let me pull it up here, uh, from our favorite site, nintendolife.com. The Game & Watch, The Legend of Zelda will let you enjoy both Japanese and Western versions. Um, it's been right there on the official site for Game & Watch Legends of Zelda. Uh, a few of us on the Nintendo Life team hadn't clocked the fact that the nifty little device will give us access to multiple versions of each game. Um, in terms of the three mainline games, The Legend of Zelda, Zelda 2, Adventure of Link, and The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, you'll have to access, you'll have access to both your localized version and the Japanese original. Um, you can get... You can pre-order the game and watch there. It's in Japanese. I can't read it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Go to at Zelda official JP on Twitter. Um, It says where to pre-order it, but hold on. Let me click this. Where to pre-order it. I see it in the UK. Yeah. um... Let's see. Pretty sure. I mean, it's about to come out. Like, it yeah. comes out in in two days. Yeah. So Let's see. I'm not quite oh, sure. here it is. It, it's at the bottom of the of the article. Ah, uh, okay. So if you click where to pre-order Game and Watch, scroll down to the very bottom, and you oh, see yeah. it in the U.S. You can pick it up on the My Nintendo Store and also at Amazon.com. Yep. So I I do want to get one of these. Um, if pre-orders are still available, I might try and get my hands on one. I don't know that I would play it all that much. I would mostly want it just as a collector's item because yeah. I am a Zelda fan. But I'd be interested to see the differences between the Japanese and the U.S. versions because I've never played the Japanese version before. It'd be fun to have, but it's kind of like the Super Mario Brothers one. I almost bought the Super Mario Brothers one not too long ago because they had a couple of copies at Walmart. But it's like it's 50 bucks for something that 
I already have multiple versions of it, and yeah, am I really gonna play this? Probably not. So it's like it's kind of like fifty dollars for a paperweight, pretty much. So I can't really justify the the purchase. Yeah, no, I mean I understand that, and if this weren't Zelda, I wouldn't, and I'm still kind of on the fence about it. I'm leaning towards getting one, even if I don't get it day one. Eventually, I would like to to get it. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, let's see. Our next story comes to us from gizmodo.com. Incredible mod turns the Game Boy Advance into a mini switch with Joy-Con and dock support. This is actually really cool. Mm-hmm. Modding the 18-year-old Nintendo Game Boy Advance SP with upgrades like a better screen and bigger battery is relatively painless but modding it so that it functions as a dedicated 16-bit switch with Joy-Con and TV out support, that's a monumental challenge that Macho Nacho Productions somehow made look easy. And there's a video that's embedded onto the article that shows them playing Metroid Fusion mm-hmm. with the Joy-Cons. And it looks... Oh, it's Metroid Zero Mission that they're playing, not Fusion, but it does look very much like Fusion. But it, it looks absolutely incredible, and I would have never thought that this would be... Like, impossible? No. But it was something that I didn't think would actually happen. And there's a... a th- on the thumbnail on the main YouTube video, you can see a great picture of the Joy-Cons actually attached to the side of the Game Boy. It looks really cool. And it's the only way you'll get to play uh, Metroid Zero Mission because Nintendo refuses to reissue that game on any platform other than the Game Boy Advance. I mean, you would think that they would put Game Boy games out on the online store by now, but... If they would have done Game Boy games, I would have been more likely to get the expansion pack. I Actually, I would have gotten the expansion pack if they yeah. would have done a Game Boy library. Not just Game Boy, but Game Boy Advance, Game Boy uh, 3DS, all those systems. If you would have put up, you know, 10 games each from each system, boom. You'd have got my 50 bucks right there a year. Yeah. Yeah, but like right now, I just can't justify it. That and with all the, the bugs that have been happening with it. Yeah, I can't deal I just with can't... that lag. That, that lag is ridiculous. I just can't justify it and you've seen the videos of the lag right oh my oh yeah like how are you so bad at emulation nintendo these are your games like why not hire people that emulate like run emulation sites instead of suing them how about hire them how about that nintendo exactly another thing for wally to pick on me about (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he'll say something. Uh, This next story comes from xdadevelopers.com. Netflix Games begins to roll out worldwide. Netflix announced back in July that it was testing a game streaming feature alongside its usual streaming catalog of movies and TV shows. The first games went live in August, but they were limited to Poland and a few other countries at first. Now the company is ready for a global rollout, but gaming platform availability is still limited. Um, let's see. Starting today, members everywhere can play five mobile games. Stranger Things 1984, Stranger Things 3 The Game, Shooting Hoops, Card Blast, and Teeter Up. 
Netflix said in a blog post, whether you're craving a casual game, you can start from scratch, or an immersive experience that lets you dig deeper into your favorite stories, we want to begin to build a library of games that offer something for everyone. Uh, and another thing I know, I was listening to a podcast called DTNS, Daily Tech News Show. They were talking about, um, it's actually already been rolled out to Android users, and it's now available on iOS as of today or yesterday. Um, but the thing is, when you go to your Netflix app and you open up one of the games, it opens the game in a separate app on your phone. And people are kind of in a tizzy about that. And I don't really get why that's a problem. Yeah, I mean, I don't really either. I mean, it's an extra step, but I don't think it's really that big of a deal. I I don't know if I'll ever try any of these out. Like, I'm interested in the Stranger Things games. Me too. That, was, that sounds like the only thing I would even remotely be interested in playing. But, like, I'm not a mobile gamer. I don't want to play on my phone. I'm not really either. I mean, I have a few games on my phone, like, but they're not like video game type of games. Like, I know there was a Mario mobile game, and I tried that out for a bit, but you know, it kind of the the bloom came off the rose pretty quickly on that one. Yeah. But I, I have a few that I'll go to every now and then. But I mean, I really just use my phone to check email, you know, look on social, post things, and that's really about it. I don't think I have a single game on my phone i think the last game i had was um there was a really popular uh game with the little dudes that looked like hulk hogan <laughs> it was a it was almost like a, a tower defense type of game now i can't remember the name of it everybody was playing it <clears throat> for a little while and this was like 2015 or 16 probably and then i'm trying to that, think i can't remember that the only other game I think I had was Angry Birds. So I've had, I think I've had two mobile games my entire life. My favorite mobile game I have, Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> oh, I did have Words with Friends. Yeah, Words with Friends. Yeah, yeah, Words with Friends. Yeah, I got into that one. I forgot about that one. That was fun. I wonder what ever happened to Words with Friends. I don't know. I mean, I'm, they probably got sued by Scrabble, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, because like, it's pretty much exactly Scrabble. So, Yeah, it is. Let's see. Our next story is from NintendoEverything.com. RP Golf Legends official English trailer has been released. Kimco and ArcticNet have shared a new English translation of the announcement trailer for RP Golf Legends a direct sequel to RPG Golf hybrid game RP Golf. No official release date has been announced, but the game is scheduled to arrive sometime in 2022. And to give a quick premise of the game, an, eagle, an evil force has sealed all the golf holes in the world. Join forces with the spirit of a golf club and embark on a fantastic action golfing adventure to save golf in the world. How did they not just throw money at Tiger Woods? <laughs> I know. To do this, I would have loved to have played as Tiger Woods and saved the world. I'm not a big golf fan. I think I liked playing golf, the black box golf for NES. And I think that's the last, maybe, uh, what was the one with Mario, the NES Open? I think it was called. Yeah, there, well, there, there is a Mario golf game. Or are you talking about for the NES? Yeah, it was for the NES. I think it was called NES Open, and it had Mario on the cover playing golf, and that was the, like the last oh, time I played golf. Yeah, I know what game you're talking about. 
Yeah, I think it's called NES Open, if I'm not mistaken. Playing golf on Wii Sports was amazing. I never played. I played bowling. I never played golf. Oh, golf was fun. Golf and baseball were my two favorites. But I mean, to be honest, like I'm not surprised that a game like this exists. I'm I'm tempted to try it if I could, if there was like a demo of it. But I don't know if it would be something I'd want to go all in and buy. Well, it's a whole genre of RPG like sports games. Like this actual golf thing started a few years ago. I I remember hearing about a game called Golf Story. And it was like an Mm -hmm. RPG story golf game. And I was like, that's weird. And then you see games like this start to pop up. So, like, how do you mash an RPG with a golf game? Like, that just, that's like peanut butter and ketchup. It just doesn't go together. I can't wait for the RPG curling game. Yeah, I'll play some curling. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite thing to watch in the Winter Olympics. Yeah, How did curling get to be a, an Olympic sport? It's like something you play in the freezer when you're bored with your buddies at work, when you're working at, like, Pizza Hut or something. But it's so great to watch because it's so suspenseful. Yeah. Like, are, are they going to be able to shave the ice just enough to where they can <laughs> land on the target? Does, it, does that help? Like brushing the ice or whatever. How does it make the stone go faster? If anything, it seems to me like it would make it go slower because you're making the ice rough. I have no idea, but I love watching it. (laughs) All it is is what is that uh, cruise ship game that old people play? Shuffleboard. Shuffleboard. It's just shuffleboard on ice is all it is. That was the first thing I thought of when I watched curling for the first time several years ago. Except you're throwing a hundred pound stone down the ice. Yeah. It was, I think it was two winter Olympics ago that I was introduced to curling. (laughs) And since then, every time the winter Olympics is on, I have to check to see if curling's on. I guess the Canadians had to come up with something since they're like constantly engulfed in ice and snow. True. Very true. Uh, For this last story, I just heard about this today, and this is so weird. Kotaku.com, Metal Gear Solid games are being removed over historical footage. Konami just announced that both Metal Gear Solid 2 and Metal Gear Solid 3 are being taken down from online shop fronts after issues emerged with licenses for select historical archive footage used in the game. The full statement reads... Thank you for playing the Metal Gear series. We are currently working on renewing the licenses for select historical archive footage used in-game. Therefore, we have made it the temporary decision to begin suspending the sale of Metal Gear Gear Solid 2 and 3 and all products that include these games from digital storefronts globally starting November 8, 2021. We ask for your patience and understanding as we work towards making these products available for purchase once again. I have never played these games, the Metal Gear Solid games, um, but when it comes to historical footage, I mean, how is that, like, who owns historical footage? I would think that would be, like, a public domain type of thing. Yeah, I guess it depends on when the footage was filmed, because I think it has to be in existence for a certain period of time before it becomes public domain. But, yeah, this is very bizarre, because I feel like all that should have been taken care of before. Maybe they only had the rights to us like up until now. Well, that's what I was thinking. Maybe they at the time, you know, Metal, Metal, these two games, Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3, when did those two come out? Uh, uh, let's see. 
we could look that up real quick. Metal Gear Solid 2. Because... 2001. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe they didn't do anything like in perpetuity because, let's face it, nobody knew that video games were going to have the life that they've had. Like, people literally thought games in the 80s and 90s were for kids, and it was going to be a passing fad. So it's possible that they were thinking, you know, like, who could have foreseen, like, you know, the Internet and being able to emulate these games later on? Maybe they were thinking, like, well, they're going to be on these systems, and then they'll just be forgotten in a few years, you know, and nobody's going to continue to play these games, which is understandable because... Who would have really thought back then that, oh, these games are going to be, you know, treasured games for years and years? I mean, I, I don't blame them, but at the same time, it, it's just weird to me that historical footage is owned by someone. Yeah, I'm thinking it's either that or they only own the rights through a certain period of time. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just something that went by the wayside or what the deal is, but it, it's just so bizarre. Uh, like, I have no idea what the footage is. I've never Me played neither. these games. I don't know if they're close to being public domain or really what the the legal reasoning is. I mean, other than it's just been removed. Well, it said here, uh, for example, the kind of videos are some Cold War footage from Metal Gear th- three uh cutscene. So Cold War footage, I mean you're talking about like the fifties through the eighties. So depending on when that footage was or what the footage is, like that's just I don't know, that's just weird to me. It seems like news footage. You know, like is news footage copyrighted to someone or an entity? Like I'm so ignorant of the subject. Yeah. I just wonder what they're going to do. Are they going to just try and get the rights back? Or are they going to have to put in new footage? Maybe. Who knows? It, that's a it lot sounds of a little work messy. to have to go back and put something new in or take it out. Or maybe they'll use Game Engine to reenact the footage or something like that. But like I said, that's a lot of money to put into that to do something like that. I mean, if, yeah. if anything, if they can't redo the rights, like for, to be in perpetuity, I mean, I, all I could see is them just yanking it out and not just not having it in there. Cause that would make the most business sense. Yeah. It's, it, it reminds me of back when I used to collect WWE shows on DVD. If they didn't have the rights to certain songs, on the DVD, they would yeah. replace like interest music with just generic sounding crap. Yeah. Well, that's the same thing with like the, the TV show scrubs, you know, they had so much uh, music in that show that the only way to hear the, really the original music that was in the show is to get the DVD sets. If you watch it on like Hulu now, a lot of the music's been changed to like something generic or something that kind of sounds similar, but is like, made by some generic band you know like royalty free stuff and it's like the the subtitles will still have the lyrics from the original song and it's like wait that's not what's playing and it's weird which 
Which is a shame because music was such an important ingredient in that show. Oh, I know. That's why I, I'm I'm always on the lookout for a DVD set of that show. Uh, and I tend to find them every once in a while, like at flea markets and stuff. I've got like random seasons, like one, two, four, and six or something like that. But uh, but yeah, I love that show. And if you want to watch the way it was intended to be, you have to watch the original DVD of it because if you watch it on Hulu, it's not the same. Like at least once an episode, there's a song in there that they either had the rights in perpetuity and they were able to keep it in, or they only had the original broadcast rights. And because nobody was thinking about streaming, and that's another example. You know, Scrubs was two came out and you know the first season was in two thousand one. Nobody was thinking about um, streaming then. Like streaming wasn't even like wasn't a thing. Yeah, like if you just said the word streaming, I mean the only thing that you streamed was pee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean that's it. There there was no streaming online back then. We were still practically in dial up days back then. Ah. Uh... Simpler times. Yeah. <laughs> Land parties, baby. Yeah. Land parties. Them's were simpler times. <laughs> but uh, let's move into this month in video game history. In November of 1991, Nintendo releases Metroid 2 Return of Samus for the Game Boy in North America, one of your favorite titles, I believe. For the Metroid, yep. I think it's the most underrated Metroid game. I've said it ad nauseum, I think, because it was on the Game Boy. It didn't get the love that the original Metroid or Super Metroid got. But really, really solid installment of the Metroid franchise. And crazy to think that it's 30 years old now. Yeah, <laughs> we're old, but man. yeah, I, I said it before. I'll say it again. If you've never played Metroid 2 Return of Samus, definitely track it down. If you're a Game Boy collector, definitely worth the ad in your collection. You won't regret it. If you and especially if you like Metroid, you'll love Metroid 2 Return of Samus. Yeah, I, I still want to play it. I've never played this game, and I'm so jealous that you get to play it and I don't. One day. One day. One day. On November 21st, 1992, Sega publishes Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for the Mega Drive slash Genesis. The game introduces Sonic Sidekick, Miles Tails Prower, and Sonic Supersonic Transformation. And it's kind of ironic because the new movie will be coming out on the 30-year anniversary of this game, which the new movie will also incorporate Tails. I mean, we saw him at the end of the first one, but He'll be formally introduced in this one, and who knows? Maybe we'll get a supersonic tease. Maybe. Hopefully. But Sonic, oh, go ahead. I said, hopefully that movie is as good as the first one. I at least I hope so. I I think it has the chance to be better because with the success of the first one, I hope they got a little more money, hmm. and that it'll be a little more accurate to the games as opposed to. Uh, not, the original story was fine for the first movie, but now with Tails coming in and Knuckles coming in, the Chaos Emeralds coming in, I hope we see more 
game accurate yeah. de- depiction. Well, now that we've established that universe and the absurdity of it and we're okay with it, just go all out. I just can't wait to see Jim Carrey back. I know. Like like going as full on insane Robotnik oh, is gonna be great. So good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that movie quite a bit. But as far as the game goes, it's the best Sonic game ever made. It's one of those games I would put up there with Link to the Past as being a perfect game. That's high praise. Yeah, it, it is the link to the past of that franchise. Wow. Easily. Hmm. Let's see Wally say something about that. (laughs) Uh, November 21st, 1994, Rare releases Donkey Kong Country for the Super Nintendo. The first in the Donkey Kong Country series features 3D pre-rendered graphics, also introduces Diddy Kong and King K. Rule. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say this, that it's probably one of the top five best looking games for the super Nintendo still holds up to this day. Like those graphics are so far beyond what they were doing at the time. I mean, as as beautiful as like link to the past is super Mario world, like man, donkey Kong country was just crazy. Good looking for a game. Yeah. And I, I think it's one of those that now we're, years past that game being out i think we appreciate it more now than we did back then because when i went through that run of the super nintendo when i was a kid you know i love donkey kong country but when it came to the look of games i preferred the mario world style the link to the past style but now that i'm older i go back and look at that donkey kong country trilogy and there as you said some of the best good looking games on that entire system because it's so different yeah than a lot of the other games look like a lot of games had that traditional animated style donkey kong country did not and that made it stand out in my opinion and i i think that look is timeless yeah i mean it looked 3d it wasn't Mm -hmm. but it looked 3d i mean it's I don't know. It's just you go back and look at that. Like, how the hell did they do this on the Super Nintendo? I would like to see a full like making of this game. I mean, they they released the the VHS way back in the day, kind of previewing it. Yeah. But I would love to see like a full on like in depth look at the making of this game and how they created those graphics because they were ahead of their time. Oh yeah. Good evening, Armez Jackson, for joining us in the chat room. Shout out to Armez Jackson. And finally, November 5th, 1995, single track releases Twisted Metal for the PlayStation, which I believe is the longest running franchise in the history of the PlayStation. Which I'm wondering why Twisted Metal has not been turned into a, uh, because, you know, uh, what do they call them? Uh, the Battle or Arena? Um, games. Yeah. Why has that not been turned into a Fortnite style battle arena game? A, a battle royale is the term. Yeah, I'm battle royale, yeah. not battle. Arena, yeah, battle royale. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I it would be very interesting because I think it would be the perfect game to try that out with. That would be so fun against a hundred people. And God, against a hundred sweet tooths. <laughs> That's all everybody would be. You have to like be, have, like you have to actually like unlock sweet tooth after like a certain 
yeah. something. Have we reviewed Twisted Metal? No, we haven't. We need to. Yeah, we do. That's it's funny because we've been doing this show now 250 episodes, but there's still some good games out there that we haven't reviewed at all. I know. We're we'll we'll be here till we're old men and still not cover like a quarter of the games there are to play. I'm hoping that we'll be doing the show so long that I'm basically either going to be one doing it from an iron lung <laughs> or I'm going to get the Futurama approach and I'm just going to have my head floating in yeah. a container of water and just <laughs> stick a microphone in it and I'll yeah. talk for an hour. That's how we'll both be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, that would be fun. But that brings us to the end of this month of video game history. Before we go into the review tonight, we like to do shout outs and those are our lovely patrons over at our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro, and Derek is going to do some shout-outs. Yes, as always, we like to shout-out Xblade07, Daniel Salmon, Armez Jackson, Hand Solo, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Brandon Rutledge, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Joey Image, Ron Johnson, Mixmaster, and... The co-founder of B-Res Coffee himself, Mr. Mike Eveland. Uh, thank you all so much for your continued contributions to the show. And if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, you get exclusive access to our fun commentary tracks like Clue, Super Mario Brothers. And there's a poll up right now for some uh, cool Thanksgiving and November themed movies. I haven't looked at the poll, but I can guarantee you I know who's winning without even looking at it. <laughs> you never know until you look. I, I already have my pick for December, but we'll I'll, that's a discussion for another time. But uh, it, it's a Christmas movie without being a Christmas movie. Ah, but it's not it's not Die Hard. It's not Die Hard. Hmm. But yeah, if, if you want access to those, if you want to be able to vote on what we do commentary tracks for uh, show topics, we'll post uh, polls for you guys to vote on our reviews. Just it's a fun community to be a part of. So if you want to be a part of that, just head on over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And new patrons, be sure to send us your social media, whether that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, so we can give you a proper shout out. Hey guys, we got to tell you about B-Res Coffee Company. Made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. No matter what your taste in coffee are, they got you covered. You like light or medium roast? Try the Necro Medium Holy Grail Light or Stamina Boost. They can even add flavors to your coffee like iCast Fireball, which is a fireball whiskey flavor. If you like darker roasts like I do, then try the Critical Dark or Coup Slayer Mocha Roast or the Gamers on the Edge Esports Roast. They even have holiday-inspired roasts like Fall Spice, Sweet Tooth, or the Muffin Man. Do you know the Muffin Man? <laughs> Can't decide what you want for those all-night gaming sessions? Then try one of their specialty sample packs. All roasts are made with fair trade Colombian beans. So stop buying all that crappy coffee from the grocery store and head over to brezcoffeecode.com and use our code NCR for 10% off of your order. And tonight, Derek is going to be talking about... I can already 
tell you this game's gonna suck because I don't like the music. <laughs> so I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to another exciting episode of the. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it was brought up last week that it's been a bit since I've reviewed a bad game, and this came up on This Month in Video Game History, and I had no clue what I was going to review, so I'm like, you know what, I'll review this, and this is Sonic R, a 1997 racing video game developed by Traveler's Tales and Sonic Team for the Sega Saturn. It's the third racing game in the Sonic the Hedgehog series and the first to feature 3D computer graphics. Hmm. So let me tell you my backstory in being introduced to this game, because as you all know, I'm a fan of the Sonic franchise. And when I was a kid, if Sonic the Hedgehog was involved with it, I wanted to be a part of it, whether it was games, comics, cartoons, you name it. And... I got this not for the Saturn because I never owned a Saturn, but this game was also available for Windows. I got this along with Sonic CD, and I thought to myself, and I'd never heard of Sonic R before, but I'm like, oh, it's a racing game with Sonic. That's cool because, you know, Mario Kart was all the rage by that point. Um, everyone loved that game. So I was like, oh, it'll be a, like a version of Mario Kart with Sonic characters. That is not the case. <laughs> so uh, we have talked in the past about that generation of 3D console with the N64 and the PlayStation where the graphics don't really look all that great. Mm -hmm. the, we don't talk about the Sega Saturn and how it went into the 3D world of graphics. They did that with this game. And boy, does it not age well, because <laughs> I, I played this game. So it's part of the Sonic Gems collection, which was released for the GameCube and the PS2. It, apart from the Sonic Mega Collection, the Mega Collection had your traditional games like Sonic 1, 2 and 3. The Gems Collection had Sonic R, Sonic the Fighters, uh, like the, the lesser known Sonic games. The objective of this game is pretty simple. You can choose your character and you race each other by running through these various levels. And first of all, from a logistical standpoint, if all your characters are running, shouldn't Sonic be able to win in like a second and a half? Yeah, you'd think so. But no, Sonic's the like the he's the fastest character, but it's not by a very far margin. So you can choose either Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, and Robotnik, I believe. Robotnik flies in his um, his egg pod. And yeah, you just you run through various levels to try and win. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, some gameplay right now on YouTube. Oh my god the the environment is not terrible. It's not great, but Sonic looks so stupid. Oh, they all <laughs> they all look stupid. Oh, and you play as uh, Amy Rose as well. She's uh, the the fifth character. The controls to this game are awful. Everyone moves very stiff and rigid. It's next to impossible to turn. It's just bad. 
It's a very bad game. This is and all, like I can't it, stop looking at at Sonic, like his actual uh, character model. It's terrible. It's absolutely it's like, terrible. It's like a car accident. You don't want to look, but you can't help it. I can't not look at it. It's awful. Yeah, the the character designs are bad. The racetracks aren't, as you said, they're not terrible. Like the graphics wise, they're not great, but layout wise, they're they're okay. Not good, not bad. Okay, so there's a race I'm looking at here. You got Sonic, which is your the character this person's using, and he's up against another Sonic looking character. And I couldn't quite tell who it was. Um, uh, it might be Amy. But it was another blue hedgehog-looking character. I'm not sure. But Oh, probably oh, um, Metal Sonic. His probably legs didn't Sonic. move. He started moving, but he was, like, stiff. Like, his legs weren't moving. So you can unlock other characters. You can unlock uh, Robotnik. You can unlock Metal Sonic metal knuckles and also um the tails doll which is like a a popular like inside joke character in the sonic universe it's literally like a plush tails that just kind of floats there but another thing you can do and that's in addition to all the bad controls and everything you collect the chaos emeralds as well because you have to find them and they're hidden throughout the different tracks and you have to win in order to get it. And once you get all seven emeralds, then you can unlock Supersonic. And he's like obnoxiously fast. Like there's no way you will lose if you have Supersonic. Like he's borderline broken. But okay, yeah, it is Metal Sonic. And when he, yeah, because he's playing him now. And when he moves, like it looks just looks like he's dragging his feet on the ground. Yeah, it, it's basically to create the illusion that he's like using his booster on his back. Okay, I can't to, look, to, I, to run. I got to turn this off because this is like watching a train wreck. I can't. <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned the music earlier, and I've praised the Sonic music a lot, and rightfully so. But credit to them, I guess, for having full vocalized tracks for every course. But they're not very good. No one wants vocals in their video game music. I'm sorry. Nobody wants it. I'm I'm convinced that these songs will probably be played at my funeral. <laughs> uh, it, it's just, I don't know. Like, I didn't entirely hate this game when I was a kid. But I played it a few years ago and just realize like how truly bad it is. And then going back and playing it leading up to this, it it hurts to say, because I I like to defend the Sonic games. I I am a Sonic apologist, especially when it comes to the more modern games, but this game I can't defend. It's just, it's kind of the same reason why I don't review very many Nintendo 64 games or even want to review like original PlayStation, OG PlayStation games because this era of gaming is visually horrifying. It's not good to go back and look at. Yep. 
And uh, a little bit more backstory on this game. So Traveler's Tales actually developed the game. They developed Sonic 3D Blast in 96. And after that game, which that game was not that great either, but that's a story for another time. Uh, Sega approached Traveler's Tales about working on another one, uh, this being a racing game. So Traveler's Tales is one of the few third-party developers that have made a Sonic game because it's usually Sega handles it internally or with Sonic Team. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Hmm. But I don't know. Like, There's really nothing more I can really say about it other than it's. I had a really horrible experience going back and playing it because <laughs> it's just there's not really anything that's redeemable about it. Like, I know there are new Sega racing games where everyone's in a car. And I know that we're supposed to have, like, you know, realism isn't much of a thing in these games sometimes. But as a Sonic fan, I can't play a game like this and not think, okay, well, Sonic, if he's running, he should just be able to win. Yeah. Very That's easily. the problem with trying to turn Sonic into a racing game because... He's already faster than any vehicle you could possibly put him in. Yeah. So why bother? Like, he's going to defeat everybody else in the game in a foot race. Yeah, so you had to, you'd have to do it where everyone drives a car Yeah. to give everybody a fair shot. And why would you put Sonic in a car? Exactly. <laughs> but uh, this game is, is no Mario Kart. I will say that. And the the Saturn version of Sonic R received mixed reviews from critics at the time of its release, although retrospective commentary has been more negative. It received an aggregate store score of 69% from game rankings based on six reviews, and the PC version received 70% based on two. Get this, the game's visuals were considered its strongest feature. What were they drinking <laughs> when they wrote that? Well, I mean, this was 97, so it probably did look pretty good for 97, honestly. True. But definitely the retrospective commentary I agree with. But some of these scores, Electronic Gaming Monthly gave it an 8 out of 10. Game Informer gave it a 7.5. Uh, Next Generation gave it a 3 out of 5. I, I'm... I think I'm with you on that. I think it's because of how games were in 97, why they're ranked so highly. Like ranking it now, hmm. it's it's much lower than that to me. Like I would yeah. give it see, I I can't give a game a zero. Like I always I have to give at least a one for effort. But this game I would probably give a three. Yeah. And I would say th- I'd say three because I don't hate the level design. I didn't hate the concept of it, but it just seemed like a game that they kind of half-assed through together and thought, oh, it's a Sonic game. It'll sell. Yeah. So, I mean, I know it's a kind of a short review, but it's it's pretty cut and dry like that this yeah. is just not it's not a good game at all well it's just it's that era it's that late 90s era of just bad polygonal graphics they why were they putting vocals into soundtracks 
Like, who wanted that? Nobody asked for that. Why would you do that? I have no idea, but uh, it's it is definitely a black eye on the Sonic <laughs> franchise. Yep. It, and there there are other bad Sonic games too. Like I mentioned, Sonic 3D Blast. That's a game that I do not like at all. Eventually, I'll review it as well. But well, Sonic th- just there, doesn't translate to 3D as well as Mario did. No, I don't dislike the adventure games. I, I have fun playing those more for the story aspect than the actual gameplay. But yeah, Sonic definitely, his strength is in the 2D world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's where he needs to stay. Unless yeah. somebody comes along with a really good idea to bring Sonic well, into a 3D world. Supposedly, there's going to be an open world Sonic game that's going to be released next year. And I'm very interested to see what they do with that. I'm interested, but I'm not. I'm not holding my breath. I, I don't have very high expectations, but I hope it's good. But we'll see. But that's that's my thoughts on Sonic R. Don't do not waste your time <laughs> in playing it. If you ever listen to me for anything, do not play Sonic R. <laughs> Especially if you're a Sonic fan, don't taint your love for yeah. Sonic. Yeah, I'm going to have to go play Sonic 2 for like a solid six hours to cleanse myself. Yeah. Um, well, as far as next week goes, I, it's our 250th episode, and yeah. I still don't know what I'm going to review next week. So I, I got a lot to, I got to get to. I still have to finish Kingdom Hearts on the PS2. Um, I've been playing Vice Project Doom on the NES uh, store on the the, the Switch um what else was i playing um i've been playing a lot of stuff but not really diving in you know full force into something so i'm gonna have to figure out what i'm doing over this next week and then i'll i'll figure it i'll figure it out by by this weekend what i'm gonna review it'll be fun Uh, it's crazy to think we're at 250 episodes i know it's nuts (laughs) the next year will be the the big 300 300 and then what are we going to do for 300? Because it's going to be here before you know it. Um, it feels like we just did 200. See, I know we did Chrono Trigger for 200. Uh, I'll have to think on it. Like that, As I mentioned earlier, there's still quite a few big games that we haven't reviewed yet. Yeah. I might put up a Patreon poll and see what people think i should review yeah that's great let let the let the patreon subscribers decide yeah because i don't know what i want to review i like i said i've just been kind of blithely playing a few things here and there and i really need to get back to kingdom hearts and finish that that's going to be the big one probably for that'll probably be my christmas review is uh kingdom hearts that's a good one i like kingdom hearts a lot but uh, I think that's going to just about do it for this week. So uh, what what you got coming up on the Derek Diamond experience? So the farewell tour continues. <laughs> and for this week, I'm re-releasing what turned out to be the most downloaded episode in the history of my show. And that is my interview with Jason David Frank, also known as the original Green Ranger from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I did that interview back in, believe it or not, 2017, so almost five years ago, leading up to Pensacon that year. And I I also tell kind of the backstory of how it blew my mind as to how, like, quickly that show became 
the most popular one I'd ever done as far as numbers go. Yeah. But it, it's fun to to go back and listen to. Yeah. So that that'll be out this week. I don't know what happened with us, but all of a sudden we went for like like crazy amounts of downloads over the last like I guess this last month. Like dude, our numbers have been going crazy. So I don't know what you guys are doing out there, but thank you for like especially our backlog. People are going back all the way to like the first episode. Like it's crazy. People are just listening to the show. I guess new no, people cool, that though. are just trying to catch up from the beginning. I'm like, man, you got a long way to go to get to the well, you, current episodes. You probably have some that are going back and looking for specific games. And when they see, oh, this is when they talked about Link yeah. to the Past or they talked about Ninja Turtles. So, hey, a download's a download. So, yeah, no, like thank it. you so much. But uh, uh, we just talked to Mo Anderson, comedian Mo An- uh, Mo and- Mo Ander- Mo Alexander on uh, the Open Micers podcast. He's going to be at the Juke Joint in Ocean Springs here on the Gulf Coast, and he's going to be in Daytona. Uh, he's on he's on tour right now, so he's all over the place. He'll be in Mobile, Alabama, um, somewhere in I think Savannah, Georgia. I think he said. Um, but yeah, you can go to uh, moalexander.net, look up his tour dates, buy his merch. Uh, but go listen to that episode. I'm going to be releasing that tonight, too, uh, at Open Micers on Twitter, Instagram, and ompodcast.com. Takes you to our Patreon over there if you want to support us over there, too. You don't have to, but uh, but definitely support us here at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Um, but I think that's going to do it for this week. Is that it? That's it. I, f- I forgot to mention, if you want to follow the Derek Diamond experience at D Diamond Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and if you want to follow my new show that will launch in January, Feature Presentation, it's at Feature Prez Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and play our music here. If you want to email us, email us all those cool stories uh, at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We are at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro. And individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. Uh, go buy our merch. We have a new ter- Thanksgiving shirt. Uh, uh, Thanksgiving, the revenge. Go get a t-shirt that you can wear to Thanksgiving dinner at, over at ncrmerch.com and of course our Patreon. Patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro where as little as a dollar a month helps us keep the lights on here at the show. And if you can't do that, I get it. Times are tough. Leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. So Derek, please tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Yes. Monkey!